and looking at it, it, it kind of struck me how God took this woman, which really is all of us. Before you look at you look at Abraham. Abraham was a special man that God had a special thing for, and, and these were great men, just great men, and God had great things for him. Moses, and you look at Moses and the burning bush experience and all that, and how it's so different than how he deals with us. And then right in the middle of all this, he throws Rahab the harlot. Here's a woman that was caught up in sin, and by the scarlet thread, got out of it. If that doesn't exemplify our lives, each and every one of us here, we're just nothing but old sinners saved by God's grace. So as we look at this, it's amazing how God put this in here for us. It, it's not because we're great men or great women of God or because we do great things as Abraham did or, or Isaac did or, or, or Joseph did. We weren't caught and thrown into prison and then reestablished into the kingdom. None of that. We come to Rahab the harlot. She was just an old sinner woman saved by grace. And that's what this is all about. Her faith in God's amazing grace. And as we look at this, we're going to go back and we're going to study her life. This has been a hard study, this whole thing of faith, because as you look at these people... Other things run off of it, and I want to go other places, and I want to, I want to do other things, and, and you can't. You, you're stuck with, and I don't mean stuck with, but you're, you're, you're in this lesson, and you've got to stay with this. There's a lot of things you go in with Rahab the harlot. Why'd she lie? What happened there? What, what was the deal? What was she doing? What were the spies doing with her? We can't go into all that because of the time factor. But we're going to look at Rahab and who she was. Great faith. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. In verse 31, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace, Lord. We pray you be with us today. We pray you be with each class, each teacher. God, put your hand upon us. Guide and direct us, Lord, as we speak and, and do your will. For we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. By faith, the harlot Rahab, by faith, look at that. By faith, the harlot Rahab, what does it say? Perish not with them that believed not, when she received the spies with peace. By faith, the harlot. How would you like to have your sin thrown out there? Huh? By faith, Chuck the liar. By faith, Steve Brown the drunk. By faith, Tom Beeman the drug addict. How would you like to have that? Put down in a book that's going to be read for eternity with your sin thrown out there. God said, by faith, Rahab, the harlot, the harlot Rahab, the harlot, just a woman, lost, needed salvation, and God saved her. God saved her. Look at her life. Look at her, look at her Lord. She demonstrates something that we all need in our lives. Living faith. Living faith. We talk about her faith and, and we have saving faith. But we don't always talk about living faith. We talk about when somebody dies, that God gives them faith to die and God gives us a grace. But God gives us a different faith. A living faith. 
She had a living faith. All these people, what separated them is their living faith. It wasn't their faith of getting saved, which is tremendous, but their living faith. I think as God's people, we, we lose sight of that. We get saved through faith, and we understand that. We, we understand Ephesians 2, 8, we understand all that. And we get saved. But that's where our faith stops. We have saving faith. When we get ready to die, we have dying faith. But what about the spot in the middle? The living faith. To live and go through this life with faith in Jesus Christ, that he will do exactly what he says he'll do. That he will take care of us, he will provide. Here she is. We're going to get into it. I'll give, you, I'll give this to you. Here she is. She hears the children of Israel cross the Red Sea. She hears of it. She hears afterwards of all the fighting with all the kings and how they won it. How God's grace was all over them. She's lost. She's in a lost world. She has no idea of this God. She's a Canaanite. She has nothing. But she hears of these people. And she knows that they're coming. She knows it. They're headed to her land. For 40 years, she waits. 40 years she waits and God sends these two spies to her house. Faith. Faith in what she says to them and how she receives them. 40 years. Point one, the woman who lived in the city under judgment. Turn over to Exodus for me. Uh, I tell you what, Tommy, Tom Beeman, Turn to Exodus chapter 15, 14 through 16. We'll go to Joshua. See, he's gone from Tommy to Tom. Must be because he got married. That must, Kenny, when you get married, you go from Kenny to Kenneth. Or Ken. Till then, you're Kenny. All right. Read for me, Tom, if you would. Exodus 15, 14 through 16. Okay, that right there talks about Israel, talks about the Jewish people crossing the Red Sea and their great accomplishments going before them. It talks about all the things that God has done for them. It says the people will fear you. Kings will fear you. Kings will fall down. Things will happen because of what I've done. Because of the crossing of the Red Sea. Because I parted the, the sea. Because I parted the Jordan. People are going to hear. Because of all the kings that you fought over in the wilderness. And all the things that you did, your reputation will precede you. Kind of like Rick Copy. His reputation precedes him. And, and he says, as a group of people, they will fear you. So now as they get ready to go into Jericho, Moses is off the scene. Joshua is leading the people. He's seeking God. And God says, send two spies. Send them over. Look at it. 
and then have them come back and report to you. Forty years, forty years, Rahab has heard about these people. Forty years. This world has heard about our Jesus. These cities out here have heard about our Jesus. They're waiting for somebody to come out and tell them what they've heard and what's true and what's not true. She's waited for him for 40 years. 40 years. Dave, turn over. Look at Joshua. Read for me. Uh, Joshua chapter 2, 1 through 11. Read it for me, Dave, would you please? Tremendous, tremendous things here, and there's so many things here we could go off on, but we can't. Verse 11 is where I want to, want to go to. The last part of this, this is her testimony. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. She gave testimony that who God was. She didn't know a lot about him. She didn't have any books about him. She didn't have much to know. All she knew is that he was God. He was doing great and mighty things, and she wanted to be part of it. She wanted, she wanted to be part of it. She knew about this living God. This world knows about God. It knows about the living God, but it doesn't know the living God. How do, you, how do they know the living God? By your living faith. By how when you go through struggles and you go through trials and you go through this and you go through that, God blesses and God takes care of you and you walk by that faith. I had a man talk to me this last week. He's going through some problems and he's going through some situations in his life. And he made a statement. I gave God total control of my life 14 days ago. And God has not done anything for me. He is not a good God. I said, whoa, back up. What do you mean not a good God? I gave him control of my life and nothing's changed. I said, God doesn't work that way. God does not work that way. This guy's a Christian. I said, God doesn't work that way. So I went to talk to him and wanted to explain some things to him. He really didn't want to hear what I had to say. But that's the way we are a lot of times. We want God to work in our way on our time when we want it or else he's not good. God is always good. Always God cannot be bad. He's always good. So here's a woman, and she's looking for God. She wants to know him. She wants to know him. And here comes two spies. God sends somebody her way. They could have went to any house, any place. God sends them to her. Think about this woman for a moment. Think about where she lived in an awful city of the Canaanites. What she did. Think about what she was engaged in. She was a harlot. She had very little light about God. She didn't have his word. She didn't have anything like that. She recognized that God of the Hebrews was the true and living God. She knew what God had done for the Israelites. It had been 40 years since Moses led the children of Israel out of out of bondage in the, over the Red Sea. Forty years had passed. Here comes these spies. There are people out all over this world like her. 
There are people who never had the opportunity we have to know God, to have heard about Him, never read the Bible. They are waiting for people like us to come and tell them. All over, there are people waiting for us to go tell them, to take this living faith and do something with it, to take it and bring it out, show it in the world that it's a living faith. It's not a faith just for saving. It's not a faith just for dying. It's a faith that we live all day, every day, 24-7. God is always good. God is never wrong. God can never do wrong. And no matter what he does to me, if he gives me cancer today, he's still good. If he takes my life today, he's still good. If I have a stroke today, he's still good. If he takes everything, he's still good. It does not matter. It does not change God. Here's a woman. She's a harlot. Lost. Looking. Seeking for something. This should challenge our hearts. We should have the evidence of God's work in our lives to such an extent that people who do not know God's will or know about God will come to us and talk to us, will seek us. They shouldn't have to seek us. We should be out there. They should just be able to come and talk to us. There are people all around the world just like this. We live in a world that's under judgment. Everyone needs to know the Savior. They need to see our faith. The way of salvation. Look at Joshua 2, 12 through 21. Uh, Jason, would you read that for me, please? Okay, lot here. Look at verse 13. And that ye shall save alive my father, my mother, my brethren, my sister, and all that they have delivered out of our lives from death. She was concerned about her family. She wanted her family in. She did everything she could to get them in. She wanted her family to be saved. Look at verse 18. Behold, when, they, when we come unto the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou lettest down by, that thou shalt bring thy father thy mother, thy brother, and all thy father's household home unto thee. She didn't live with her parents. She was a woman that lived on the wall. We go to a lot of places on the wall and being on the wall. But here she is. She's on the wall. She's living alone. Her parents don't live with her. Her brothers don't live with her. Her sisters don't live with her. They live out in the city of Jericho. The city's going to be destroyed. She knows it. She wants them saved. The spies say, bring them all in. Everybody you bring into your house will be saved. Think of that. Everybody you bring in, who are you bringing in? Who are you worried about? Who are you trying to get in? Who you want in? And then look at the scarlet thread. This thread goes from Genesis to Revelation. It's talking about the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It represents that blood. She let those spies down. They said, hang that scarlet thread out there, and when we see it, we'll save your house. Is that scarlet thread hanging out your window? 
Is it out there where people can see it? Are you living that faith? She lived that faith. She had faith that they were going to come back. She had faith that, that, that what would happen. She knew when judgment fell. If her father and her mother and her brother and sisters were all there, they'd be saved. She had faith. What saved them? The faith. What got them through all this? The faith. What's going to get you through this bad economy? Your faith. What's going to get you through all that goes on in your life? Everything that happens to you. It's your faith. The world runs around like a chicken with its head cut off. They have no faith. They don't understand it. They can't do anything. They're running around saying, what are we going to do? I don't worry about it. That's God's problem. I have faith in God. You mean it? I don't care. If this country failed tomorrow, God's still in control. It doesn't matter. Faith. Faith. She didn't want to leave anybody out. She wanted everybody in. She wanted her parents in. She wanted her brothers in. She wanted her sisters in. She wanted all of it in. Look at verse 21. And she said, according to thy words, so be it. She didn't argue with them. She didn't say, well, I don't see God thinking that way. Or I don't understand that. Or I don't see it that way. I think you're wrong. I'm telling you, the book is right. No matter how I look at it, it's right. God says this is sin. It's sin. Doesn't matter whether I agree with it or not. God said, I want you to dress this way. I want you to live this way. I want you to do this. I don't want you to do this. Doesn't matter whether I agree with him. What'd she say? According to as I has said, I'll do it. She had to say, well, maybe it should be purple instead of scarlet. What if it was white? Maybe I'll change it. No, no, no. It was exactly as they said. That's God's word. That's God's word. It's exactly as he said. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound. She just didn't lap it over the window. She just didn't throw it out there. Maybe it'll stay, maybe it won't. She bound that thread, that line in the window. She didn't want to lose it. You can't lose the blood of Christ. You can't. What got her in? What got her there? That scarlet thread hanging in her window. Turn over to, uh, Tommy, turn over to, to Revelations. Ah, never mind, don't, don't turn over there, I got it written down. Revelations 13.8 says, the Lord, the, the Lord, the Lamb slain from the foundations of the world. God said, my Lamb was slain from the foundations of the world. When was the world's foundation set? When was it set? Creation. The Lamb of Christ was slain for the creation, from creation, to whenever it all ends. So before this woman, back then, this harlot, before she was ever born, that Lamb of God was already slain in God's mind for what was going to happen. He already knew it. Slain from the foundations. The very beginning. Before he ever died, he was already slain. She was saved exactly like you're saved. She trusted in Christ what he was going to do on the cross. You trusted in Christ for what he's already done on the cross. She was looking to the cross. You're looking back at the cross. 
saved by grace, through faith, that's it. It's not by works. It's not because she let the spies down. It's not because she hung the scarlet thread. That's not it. She was saved by grace through faith, the same way we are. Read for me 1 John 1, 7, 1, 7, please. What cleansed her from her sin of being a harlot? What, what cleansed her? The blood of Jesus Christ. According to that scripture right there, what cleanses us? The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Had Christ died yet? No. Was he born yet? No. But according to that scripture, that's what saved her. The blood. She was looking forward. She was looking to it. She wasn't looking behind. She wasn't saying, work saved me. She wasn't saying, because I did this or I did that, save me. She was doing it by faith. The witness of her faith. Back in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not. Her and her family were the only people that was spared out of that whole city. Think of that. Think of that. What if, what if, pastor lives in Livonia. All of the Browns lived in Livonia. All of them. All the Browns. Every Brown that's related to him lives in Livonia. Then, what is, what is Mrs. Brown's maiden name? I can't remember. Pitts. All the Pitts live in Livonia. All the Browns, all the Pitts, all over that are related to these two live in Livonia. God sends judgment on Livonia. God gives him wisdom to see it, know it, talks to him, lets him know. He tries to get all his family in. What happens if he gets everybody in but Chuck? What happens to Chuck? He perishes. He gets all the pits in, but Pamela. What happens? Or Patty, what happens? She perishes. She perishes. Whose job is it to get them all in? Whose job was it Rahab to get her family in? Everybody in that city died. Everybody. The city you live in, no matter where your parents live, your grandparents live, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives, no matter where they live, it's your responsibility, living faith, to get them in. If not, what happens in judgment? They die and go to hell because you didn't get them in. Well, they got a free will. Are you telling them about it? Are you witnessing? Are you doing all you can do? I'm sure she did all she could do to get her family in. I'm sure she did everything there was to get him in. Her deeds testify of her faith. The Bible teaches us that faith without works is dead. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, Not by works, lest any man should boast. We understand that. But we know that we've got to have a living faith. I'm not saved by my works. I'm not. But my faith exercises my works. Or my works exercises my faith. Does yours. 
does yours. Read for me James chapter 2, verses 23 and 24, please. Did I get that to you, Brother Virus? Oh, well, we're past Joshua 6, forget it. We're way past Joshua 6. Did I give James out to somebody? Turn to James for me, Brother Viers. We're way past Joshua 6. From God's vantage point, he sees our heart. He sees what's going on. He sees all of it. By faith, we demonstrate that faith. Our eyes of the unbelieving world are upon us. They don't see the inside as God does. They see the outside. They see where we're at. They see our lives. They see what we're living. Read for me over in, in John, or James rather, 2, 23 and 24. Hang on, right there, I got some more I want you to read, just right in that wrong part. Abraham was not born again, wasn't saved, because he sacrificed, or was going to sacrifice Isaac. That wasn't it. That didn't give him salvation. What gave him salvation? He believed God. He believed God. He knew what God said. He believed Him. What he exercised was his living faith. His faith to do what God asked him to do. Are you willing? God's asked us to be soul winners. We don't want to be soul winners. God asked us to teach Sunday school class. We don't want to teach Sunday school class. God asked us to dress differently, be differently, speak differently, listen to things differently, watch things differently, have a total different thing. We don't want that. Why? Because it separates us from this stinking world. And we don't like that. Abraham demonstrated his faith. I'm a believer. I have faith. I have saving faith. But do I have living faith? Read for me verses 25 and 26, brother, please. This woman was not saved by her works, but she certainly proved her faith by her works. God took a woman of whom the Bible says she was a harlot. It tells us the story of her faith. The Bible lifts up her as an example and says to us, the witness of her faith, what she did because of what she believed, should testify to everyone else about what God can do through someone's life and with the accomplishment of God's grace in that living faith. It's our living faith. What made this so great? It's because she believed God. She did everything she could to get her family in. She laid the scarlet thread out there representing the blood of Jesus Christ. And she says, by faith, I believe. She was just an old harlot, an old lost woman that saw something 
and wanted more of it. And God gave it to her. You go back, we're not going there, but you go back into Joshua chapter 6. And the walls came down. What did Joshua tell those two spies? Go get her and bring her family, bring them all out and put them out here. And the Bible says, and they set, there, set her outside the camp. That's neat. But, read down two verses. And then it says, and she's dwelled with them forever. She went from outside the camp to inside the camp. How'd she get there? She was adopted. Here's a Canaanite that was adopted into the Jewish people, just like me. I was an old lost sinner, saved by God's grace. Outside the camp, God says, no, 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 come on in. You're going to dwell with us, saved by the grace of God, brought into the camp, taken care of, loved on. That's what this church does. This church brings us in. I have a hard time when somebody doesn't want to join a church. I have a hard time. Man, I want to be loved on. I want you people to love on me. I want to love on you people. I want when Tommy's hurting to know it. Love on Tom. Rick's hurting. I want to love on him. I do, Brother Moore. I want to be able to get on my face before God and pray for him. Ask God to move, do things. That's what happens when you're in the camp. When you're in the camp. She went from outside the camp to in the camp. And you know a great thing about it? She's an old harlot woman. But God seemed great to put her in the lineage of Jesus Christ. She was David's grandmother. David. God put her in there. Old harlot woman. She loved God. She did everything she could to get her family in. She did all she could do. She had that living faith. Do you have it? You say, Brother Chuck, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. I have any, I'm saved, but I don't have a clue. Then today, get along with God. Talk to God. Say, God, I don't have a clue of this living faith, but I want it. I want to be filled up, run over with it. I want to live for you. I want my life to count for you. I want to take this faith and I want to exercise it. And I want to see you do things that only you can do. And I tell you what, it's not like the guy that talked to me this week and says, well, I've done it for 14 days and God's not good. It's every day, every moment, of every hour, of every day, from now until the time I die and go to heaven. That's what it is. It's not because I got up this morning and God did great things for me. It's not because I got up this morning and all my bills were paid. It's not because I got up this morning and my bank account was full. It's not because I got up this morning and I got a raise. Or I got this or I got that. It has nothing to do with it. It's because I got out of bed and God let me breathe his air and walk his earth and praise him. That's my living faith. Job says, I came into this world with nothing, and I'm going to leave with nothing. And God is good. He didn't say it that way. I said it that way. And God is good. And he always is. The faith, our living faith.
Do you have it? What are you doing with it? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time.